Being happy is something we all strive to experience through both our careers and personal life. If smiling is a result of that happiness, why not be the one who helps others do so through heartfelt dentistry? Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. Looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? to the latest episode of the glory in our stories um i'm your host i'm your host calvin wayne pennywell jr um this is the podcast catered towards telling extraordinary stories from everyday people basically and i consider people's journeys and their personal experiences very extraordinary because we all share one commonality which is the being a human um, but our, our walks, our spirits, our mindsets, they vary. And I think it's very uh, helpful and insightful to listen to people's experiences and their journeys. Uh, not only do our experiences overlap, um, but at the same time, they expose us, expose us to things that we've never considered before. So on that note, um, today's guest I have with me is a, a close friend of mine, uh, Miss Dana Thomas. Um, Dana, I really appreciate you agreeing to be on the podcast. Um, I know we talked about it briefly before, uh, but now here we are. Yes, my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, no problem. Um, I like giving the audience like a brief history of how I know my guests. Um, I know you graduated uh, from the School of Dentistry uh, a couple of years ago, um, yes. which means makes you Dr. Dana Thomas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how often do you, well, let me ask you, how, how many times have you had to correct, have you had to correct people on when they addressed you? I have because people spoke think I'm 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so I do it often, but it doesn't really bother me because I understand that. But yes, I, I do correct people often. Because when I was here, I tell people all the time, there's a professor I had, and I would call her by her, like I would say, Miss. And she would always hold her finger up and say, Don't, you know, Doctor. And, you know, for me, I was like, Whatever. But at the same time, like, um, That's not whatever, because she earned it, and um, she worked hard for that. So, um, so yeah. That's what's up. Um, so yeah, we, uh, uh, Dr. Dana Thomas, uh, attended the Dental College of Georgia, uh, graduated, hold on, let me guess, was that 17 or 18? 2017. 17. Yes. 2017. And, um, it's, uh, what, three, four, four, five years, almost five years. Yeah, almost five years. Four years in May. Uh, it's been about four, uh, going over four years, and uh, she graduated, and going on to do uh, bigger and better things, experience life, pre and post COVID, um, yeah. and with all this other stuff going on, it's no telling how things may turn out, you know, in the next exactly. next year. Um, but I, I remember us mentioning um, you being on the podcast. Because I've never, I've only known about your career in dentistry, and um, I I knew of you in college. Yes. And I think you, what major did you have when we both attended? I think it was, it was a different name back then. I don't even know which one, which name it, it was. A, it was Augusta State University <laughs> at the time, but it changed so many times. It was when I was in doing school, it changed almost like three times. 
Yeah. But yes, um, my major at Augusta State University was biology with a minor in chemistry. Oh, wow. Did not know that. So you was a uh, science yes. major. <laughs> so you were a science major? Yes, a biology major. Uh, um, do you did you ever cross paths with uh, Spring Robinson? Yeah, she was one of my friends. Oh wow. Yeah. I remember um, Spring Robinson is a um, well, to me a, a fellow poet, uh, but she was also yeah. um, a science major. Yeah, and, we took several classes together, and we got really close because so we spent you know several nights studying. And it's funny because us, you know, writers in the in the literature department, we only know that aspect of her, like her writing. And it was right. it was astounding. Very astounding. And um to learn that she also majored in, in um in science. I was like, man, if she's this way when it comes to her writing, I can only imagine what type of student right. she is outside exactly. of that. And, you know, I was the opposite. I knew her, you know, on her, you know, her science background. And when I, you know, read some of her poems and saw some of, you know, saw her perform, I was blown away. Hmm. Definitely blown away. Yeah. So I won't, uh, but yeah, we, uh, I remember uh, workshopping some of her pieces. I remember, you know, watching her perform and, I remember um, she uh, at one time she did a performance at Matt Studios, and she was talking about how nervous she was. But when she got up there, you couldn't tell. Wow. <laughs> couldn't tell the difference. Um, That's I miss her a lot for sure. Yeah, she was she was different. She was cool. Yeah, definitely. And um, very very smart, very intelligent, very cool person. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I didn't know that we shared the commonality because I, I knew her. She actually borrowed a book from me. Um, right. And um, it was a book that I had just finished, and I think I ended up reading again. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just a lot going on. And But I was, I, one thing she did say, and I would jump to a different subject. Uh, one thing she did say was, because she kept asking me, are you trying to get your work published? And I said, no. Um, and she said, <laughs> she said, you need to. It's very important. And she was one of the few people that actually told me that. So because of her, when there is an opportunity for publication, I tried, even if it's denied. I, I remember her. Yeah. I remember her words and her encouragement. So, um, but, um, but back to you. Um, again, thank you for, for your time and, um, thank you for, um, your contribution as a dentist and, and what you do, uh, for the, for your community, um, uh, for the general public, um, helping people smile again is, is very, 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 very important. A lot of things that we, or uh, people who work and live outside of that profession take certain things for granted when it comes to our hygiene, our dental hygiene. Um, but um, I just really thank you for your contribution in that area. Um, but speaking of area, did you did you grow up here? Were you born here in Augusta? Yes, I was born and raised in Augusta, Georgia. Um, although I spent several summers in Savannah when my grandmother lived in Texas, Vermont, I believe. Um, definitely spent my uh, most of my time in the western Georgia um, elementary, middle, high school, and college, and dental school. So, yeah, I've been in Augusta for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, I'm not sure if I asked you this before, but if you had a preference, what do you like about Savannah and what is it that you like about Augusta? So, you know, Savannah has the beach. <laughs> yeah. So, probably I was, you know, always when I go in Savannah has fresh seafood and beautiful architecture um, and family my family there so I really love Savannah aspect um, Augusta has the masters um, it's beautiful to where I grew up um, and my parents are there so 
And uh, how often do you, uh, when's the last time you've been to Savannah? Uh, it's been a while, probably last year. Um, I haven't gone because of COVID mainly, um, but I'm going to soon because my parents are now been vaccinated, so um, I'll definitely be making a trip soon, hopefully before the fall so I can make it to the beach. Yeah. I think we um, went to Savannah maybe at the, ooh, maybe months ago. And we obviously had to be precautious, but right. it, it was weird. There was a lot of people out there. A lot. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. I think we went to, um, dang, I, I forgot the name of that street that's right next to, um, I think that was the Savannah River. It was a main street over there where if you. It's on River Street. Yes, that's it. River right, Street. Water. Yes. A really good restaurants and candy shops. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and bars and clubs. And that's that's fun. That's fun time. Man, I stepped into that candy shop. No, actually, I couldn't even step into it. I had to pass it. Did and you, it, did you smell yes. it? Yes. <laughs> Those pralines. I mean, they get that that scent hits you. What? Why you're like, whoa? Let me do a double take. Oh my goodness. I gotta go back. <laughs> Rich. Rich candy, so yeah, you're gonna only have a couple pieces, but it'll last you. You know, you get in there and get you a pound or two, and it'll last you a while. <laughs> <laughs> I had the uh, the chocolate covered Oreos, I think, and um, oh, yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah, I think I think all of us like are a little fat kids at heart for some reason because I just, right. yes, I can't get enough. I need to, I need to, I need to get enough. Because the older you get, <laughs> the older you get, the harder it is to work all that stuff off. That is so true. That is so true. Man, but um, but yeah, Savannah, definitely awesome. My sister actually went to school there uh, back in the early two thousands. Okay. Yeah, and I remember driving every time. I knew we got closer because you Savannah had like a distinct, distinctive smell. Yeah. And it was pretty strong, so I was like, yeah. Smells the sea. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, we're getting closer and closer. Um, and of course, Augusta here, um, it's because I didn't because I grew up in Thompson, but came here to go to school, and you know, Augusta was our Atlanta. We uh, you know, as kids, we would come here on the weekends. I didn't do it because I was too scared, but you know, my friends would go in the clubs. I think they had like the tw- <laughs> what was that like like tenant windows. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Was it seven oh six? Yes. Yeah, both of them. And all those clubs. So. Um, I didn't make any of those clubs, but I remember friends and family members going in there. To me, my older sister spent the time there. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> and those clubs. <laughs> so, um, speaking of of youth, when you were when you were in high school. Do you have an idea of what you wanted to do with the rest of your life, or were you still trying to figure that out? I think most of us were, but what about you? You know, in high school, I knew I was going to be a dentist. Um, my senior year, I, I had the opportunity to take a class where I would leave campus, and I went to my childhood dentist office, and he would give me, you know, books to read, and, you know, let me watch him do work, and, I honestly think he was trying to scare me, if not scare me, at least try to prepare me to know that it's going to be so much work and it was going to be hard and not easy, but he was back books higher than me, you know, in front of me, he's like, read these books, you know, you know, look at this material and, you know, be sure this is what you want to do. So I knew, like, after that semester, spending time in his office that, you know, I had a game plan. Yeah. As soon as I stepped and put it in college, yeah. And I've... So as soon as you graduated high school, you stepped right into college, right? Yeah, I did. Do you um? Wow. And I've heard, and I, because in hindsight, I wish I would have did the same. I took a break, but I was, I, I felt like I was wasting time. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of people need, you know, certain um, amount of thinking opportunity to say hey this is what I want to do and it sounds like like you said that's something that you want to do since you were high school so 
um, having that ambition and that drive. And it sounds like you had a lot of people supporting you as well. Definitely. Now, so I knew as a young kid that I wanted to be something, you know, in the medical field, you know. Um, my mom actually started a school in Augusta in 1994 dealing with cardiovascular technology. And so she's an educator and was in the medical field. And, you know, she would do things like come to my second grade class and, you know, dissect the heart. Or, you know, um, she's also certified in the CPR and advanced life support. So she would come and do that as well. Um, so I knew I wanted to be some type of educator and I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I just didn't really know in what capacity. So when I was 12 years old, I was in school, coming back from recess, and I came off the playground, I came to the classroom, and I took over my own book pack. And I fell and I broke my front two teeth, um, and it was, it was so traumatic. But, you know, my mom came to the school, she took me immediately to the dentist, uh, my childhood dentist I was just mentioning, and he, you know, got me a bath, he fixed my smile, and it was such instant gratification. And I knew then, you know, that that's what I wanted to do in life because my smile was gone. Like, I was devastated. And the fact that he put it back so fast and restored my smile, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I was like, this is just the kind of medicine I wanted to do practice. Um, you know, this is how I want to reach my community. Wow. And so I... from that accident, I knew, you know, from then on, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And in high school, you know, he told me how much work it was. He showed me how much work it was, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. So I had some religion. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had some religion. I mean, I, I started school. I went, you know, through the semesters. I went through the summer. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm getting in. No doubt. And so that was the aha moment for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... Speaking of which, I guess I'll take this opportunity to transition into your your college career. But before we do that, um, if you're listening, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Yo, what's up, T-Guys listeners? I thought I'd take this opportunity just to give a brief update on the COVID-19 virus that's going around. Uh, This is the information that I got from the CDC website, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, If you know of any resources that people should be aware of, please um, partake of that and share it so that many of us, if not all, could be informed. So just to get a quick update, they gave a they give a list of the four uh, most notorious um, variants of COVID-19. That's the Alpha. Alpha came out in December of last year. The Beta came out in January of this year. The Gamma came out in January as well of this year. And the Delta, which is the most recent one, came out in March of this year. Um, they said that these are the most common variants amongst others. Uh, the CDC used the analogy of a tree being the very the virus and the variants being the branches uh, that reach out they grow uh, from the root um, they said the current vaccines that are out are safe and recommended to have against the the variants and that they're still undergoing tests um, and, and studies concerning the variants and vaccines um, i personally believe that being vaccinated does help i'm personally vaccinated myself There are a lot of people who choose not to due to personal preference or even religious purposes or based on their own faith. Um, I will say that I believe that it's safer um, to be vaccinated, not to say that it's going to completely protect you, but it will lessen the effect that it has on your body. Um, But if you need more information, I would go to the CDC website, um, pay close attention to the news uh, and sources that are trustworthy. And again, if you find out any information, please share it so that people will be informed. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening to the latest episode of the glory in our stories. And now back to the episode.
and we are back uh, to the latest episode of the glory in our stories with uh, dr dana thomas um of course we were just talking about her um her experience in high school and even before that her desire to be a dentist knowing that she wanted to go in, into the medical field um experiencing that aha moment saying this is what due to my personal experience and what it has done for me um, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to pursue. And then you mentioned having tunnel vision, which I actually had a problem with as a young child. I was very, <laughs> I got very distracted. And in hindsight, I realized that if I was a little bit more focused, um, my grades would have been better. Um, probably would have had a different group of friends. Um, but in hindsight, some of those things were helpful. But at the same time, being focused like you were is is very uh, beneficial because obviously it got you this far. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, no problem. Um, so, you know, what are some things that just within your, your college experience, because I know it was challenges because I, you know, me working in the uh, in the business office, one thing that I I've learned is that the less I see the student, the better off you all are doing. Because right. most of the students, if there was an issue, a chronic issue, we would see them like every single appointment. But I just, I remember probably seeing you in that office myself, maybe twice. <laughs> and that's how I knew, uh, like, she is a good dentist. So, because obviously you had the interest of your patient, but you were also eager to uh, do well as a student. Yeah. But I definitely learned some things about that. You know, I was so used to in undergrad, you know, getting straight A's, you know, doing great, getting awards. And when I stepped into dental school, I realized that, you know, I'm not stuck in my class anymore. It's you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 more people in the same world than me that work, just, you know, they're behind us to get, you know, in dental school, and the, the classes got harder, and, you know, I finally learned what rejection was, you know, what failure was, because there were several classes where, you know, I would get a low grade, and I had to work so hard, you know, to get you to even pass, so, I mean, I learned so many lessons, you know, about life just going through that process. Yeah. So, when you, when it got, when it got to those moments where it felt like you were uh, being uh, highly challenged, what what encouraged you to keep going? My classmates, um, who truly became like family, my my family, um, friends, you know, students who were high grades, who you know who had gotten through the difficulties. <laughs> um, it took a village, you know, family members, friends, classmates. I mean, it took, definitely took a village because there were some days that were you know so much harder than the others. And like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And I had to keep the, you know, the goal in mind that I wanted to become this dentist. I wanted to make people feel how my dentist made me feel when I had my accident. You know, I wanted to reach out to my community. I wanted to let little girls know that they can achieve it. And, you know, those motivating factors kept me going every day until the finish line. So would you say that your college experience overall prepared you for life in general? Yes, yeah, it definitely did. It sure did. So you're, um, so even even in the midst of all of this, what are some things uh, that you found uh, that you were learning, not just about dentistry and uh, about everything else, but learned about yourself that you probably wasn't aware of before? Yes, I definitely learned that being authentic in yourself is the best thing that you can offer to people. Um, life is about evolving, growing, and paying it forward. And it's okay not to be perfect, not to have it all. You know, you know, take you know one day at a time. Uh, so learn that you, you know you can't chase a career. You have to chase your passion, your purpose. Because just chasing a career or just chasing money, you know, you can be a very you know unhappy person. Um, I learned to live the life that I was living, even through the hardships, because life is short. Yeah. So, so many lessons. And what, uh, as far as, well, I ask you this, 
and this is in um, agreement with the, the questions that we mentioned before. The expectations that you have set for yourself, do you find yourself meeting them or do you find those expectations to be unrealistic and you had to shift? Like what, are there any expectations that you're trying to live by in general? something that I also had to learn um, over the last year or two was and it's because I thought that I had to hit a certain mark and we end up putting stress upon ourselves that was you know it could have been avoided and exactly. what's even scary well I wouldn't say scary what's even more eye-opening is realizing that the pressure that we feel some of the time if not even most it's the pressure that we exert. And you realize like no one else is really making me do this but me. And that's something that I had to realize. Um, but unfortunately, I'm pretty certain that you were surrounded by some students who was under a lot of uh, tension. Definitely. And um, they, they were trying to fulfill, um, you know, a, a desire that was probably made by the family who was probably they come from a line of, of people of, of medical uh, achievers or having right. or, or probably being the only one that ended up going to college or the only one having that opportunity um, but it sounds like you uh, man th to have that goal from 12 years old up until undergrad like that's 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 mind-boggling to me like i said because that i was so distracted um but paying attention to that desire and i think that plays into our development is because your experience that you had you had as a child and yeah. they encourage a lot of us to have that childlike mindset when it comes to our passions exactly and it sounds like that's that's what you had and um, that's admirable to see that you, as an adult, you said, now I have the tools and the skills to exercise something that I've always desired, and I'm going full force. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, the, the, I, I take it you had, you know, a lot of assistance from, like, your professors and probably other mentors during this time, right? Yes, I did. Um, is there any life lesson that you can that you just that you remember them teaching you probably something that had nothing to do with dentistry? Let me recall. Um, I believe yes. So what I was mentioning earlier about you know not passing or not doing well in the course. Um, and I had, I, had a, I had a mentor at that time who worked in my mom's program as a cardiologist. And mm -hmm. while I was having these issues in school, I was having a lot of anxiety, having a hard time sleeping, and my heart rate would, you know, just shoot up. I couldn't handle caffeine, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Not only am I not doing well in this class, but I'm going to die before I get to the finish line. So he, you know... As someone who's gone through college and medical school before, and he's also, you know, a teacher, 
um, he sat me down when I came in to get my heart checked, and he was just like, I know what's going on, you know. I mean, he didn't even really, at that time, you know, talk about my heart issue, but he was just like, I know what's going on, I've been there. And he is the one that basically told me to trust the process, you know, that everything was going to work out, um, but keep working hard. And, you know, he, he shared with me some of his stories from when he was in medical school and, he definitely, you know, helped me get back on the right track and get back to my tunnel vision um, to not be so hard on myself. And, I, you know, and I definitely listen to him because he's one of the, you know, top cardiologists in Augusta, you know, still is. So I really appreciate him mentoring me and giving me the wisdom, you know, to keep going. Yeah. And to have somebody um, willing to give that. And I think that's the one thing that, a lot of us probably don't take the time to receive is somebody telling you, hey, it's it's okay. And I know it feels like a lot now, but like you said, that phrase, trust in the process. Um, and even going back to when you said, basically giving yourself more grace, that's, that's something that I had to learn because I we all have a tendency, most of us have a tendency to be so hard on our younger versions, with young, the younger versions of ourselves, um, the, the more inexperienced version, versions of ourselves, but learning that we, that's what we were doing. We were learning and we were growing. Right. And um, I'm, I'm glad that you had somebody in your corner that was able to just say, hey, I've, I've been where you were. I've gone through it, and I came out the other side, and so can you. Right, definitely. That's 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 was a major factor in my success. <laughs> so what? Um. So now, at this point in your life, um, even oh, I just wanted to ask you. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to say, um, in reference to an incident that I overheard, and I wanted to wait for the podcast, um, uh, to mention it, but. I guess this will be a perfect time to break right quick and when we'll we'll be right back and then I'll I'll discuss that. So if you're still listening, uh keep tuning in uh and we'll be right back. What's up to you guys listeners? I thought I'd take this opportunity now that we're coming towards the finish line of this podcast. Um, so as you all know, I, I post a new podcast episode every two weeks and I spend two weeks promoting uh, the podcast, whether it's a guest or a particular topic that I'm going to be discussing. Um, but I think this is episode 114, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, uh, awesome job for this podcast. I'm very excited that we've gotten this far. I hope that we can continue uh, to uh, maintain this pace and maintain the continuity of what this podcast represents and the opportunity and the platform that it provides. So, again, if you would like to share your story, just hit me up. I'm on Instagram um, and Facebook. Uh, just look up. You can look up Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. Or you can actually look up Tigas, the podcast on Instagram. So just wanted to say this right quick. Um, I will be going out on a social media fast starting next week. So around the time this comes out, um, my fast would have started. Um, this is a personal fast that I'm doing. Um, I'm, I am personally putting myself in the position uh, to receive something from God. I'm putting myself in a position where I can listen more intently and be highly aware of what it is he wants me to do. Might not get a concrete answer, but I do want to be available. I do want to be accessible. So uh, starting the second week of this month, which is the second week of August, I will be going on a one month fast, which means that I will not be present on social media um, for another month so i will still be posting a new episode every two weeks so there's a web episode that's being posted on eight 
seven, which is Saturday. And then there will be another episode posted on eight fourteen, and then another episode posted two weeks after that, which I'm pretty certain is eight twenty one. So new episode will be still be uh, posted every two weeks. And just I won't physically be on social media to um, set reminders and post uh, promotional material. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, this is going to be a challenge for me, uh, but I, I, I didn't want to rid you all of the content, um, the actual post itself. Um, the social media post that I post in reference to this podcast will cease for a month, um, but the actual podcast itself will still continue. Now, I'm actually going to put up a post pretty soon as a reminder, and I'm also going to go uh, on Instagram Live as a reminder um, as a, as we get closer and closer towards the end of this first week of August. So hang tight and uh, continue to listen to the remaining of the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. And welcome back again to the latest episode of Glory in Our Stories. I'm here chatting with uh, Dr. Dana Thomas. Um, so, this is what I heard uh, recently, and I was listening, and I, I'm i pretty certain you probably experienced this to a certain degree, but I wanted to run this by you because even I, as a man, I was like, yo, that's that was pretty heavy. So, okay. um, apparently, a patient was introduced to her student, because it's becoming a new year, and upon the initial encounter she ended up saying that she did not now the patient is a woman and so is the, the student the patient said that she did not want a, a, a woman dentist she wanted a male dentist because wow. a women dentist don't know what they be doing wow okay yeah so um First of all, have you ever experienced anything like that as a student and even now as a professional dentist? Definitely. I definitely have experienced that. Um, almost on a daily basis, my patients think I'm the assistant, which is no offense, but you know, they don't expect me to be the doctor. Um, it's either I'm too young or, you know, how much training have you had or, you know, you know, how long have you done this? And it's it's definitely disheartening, but um, I feel like after, you know, we have the sense and we go through the appointment or the treatment, you know, they have a better outlook of me. And I'm proud of myself and there, you know, I've changed their perception. And, you know, we go on, you know, building our rapport. But I do see that experience almost every day. Mm. And it's very sad. And, it, you know, it's hard because, of course, dentistry has always been labeled as a male um, dominated profession. Yeah. And even even now, you know, it, you know, it's still difficult for, you know, females of all races to come in and see dentists. Um, in school, you know, they it's possible, you know, that the males are treated differently than females, you know, as far as, you know, with patients, uh, with professors and that's you know, that's a whole obstacle you have to deal with in itself. You know, the coursework is hard and you know, paying grades are it's hard but being a female is also hard. So yeah. yes, that's, that's something you, you definitely have to deal with for sure in the So in those in those moments when it happens, I I take it like you said, it's happened so often that you've uh, for lack of better terms, developed thicker skin when it came to the stuff like that. Definitely, definitely have to. <laughs> wow. You know, you can't take it to heart, you just you know do the best you can, you know, treat the patient with respect, because most of the time, you know, they're coming in fearful. They're coming off past experiences. Um, 
and they're scared and people say things out of fear, you know, that they may not truly mean or they may mean, you know, they're just really afraid. So I try to put myself in, you know, their shoes because, hey, I've been in that chair several times throughout my life. Um, so, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes, make them comfortable and do the best I can. I was uh, recently reminded that of the importance of, of no matter what profession you have, the importance of customer service. And the reason being is because when you work somewhere where most people don't want to be, it, okay. it lessens the blow when the person that's working on you is highly considerate because you know a lot of when it comes to being operated on when it comes to dealing with the body um, a lot of people are uncertain about that because it's your body it's not like it's a used car or um, some you know working on a house or anything but when when you're in that position and somebody's say, hey, you you just lie back and they're about to get in you go in your mouth, you're like, hold on, like this this looks a little bit too personal. I don't know what you're gonna do. I hear I hear I, I hear the instrument, but I don't know what it's doing. But exactly. being like you said, being considering that despite um, what they may be experiencing, because that's something that I had to learn myself when people come in no matter what job I have and they are very upset and I'm like number one you just met me so this isn't towards me and obviously there's something much bigger going on so what can I do to lessen the tension at this moment right and it seems like you uh you're you have a a a nice way of of doing that Yes, <laughs> I find that it works, you know, very well with the patients. They just, you know, they just want to be heard and, you know, seen and felt and, you know, they just want you to understand what they're going through. And, you know, my experience, like I said, my experience, you know, is what brought me here, you know. It's my calling, my purpose to try to, you know, make the patient feel how my doctor made me feel in that time, you know, of my need. Yeah. And so it's really important to me. So, um, has any, has, has, cause like where, where I work at the dental college, a lot has changed since, uh, not a lot, but there have been some major changes, you know, due to us adjusting to life during the pandemic. And even now, um, there's some, um, practices that we had to get rid of and do something completely different. So have you noticed any changes in dentistry? Um, not just for yourself, but for dentistry in general since uh, the pandemic started. Definitely. Well, you know, first of all, I'll mention um, I saw a graph that shows, you know, the top positions or careers or that are affected by, you know, aerosols or, you know, airborne diseases. And dentists was number one on that list. So when I saw that chart and, you know, we were in the pandemic, I mean, it was complete panic. Hmm. I'll just be honest with you. Um, those first, that month when we, when we shut down, you know, I had no idea so many dental offices and even offices I worked at just immediately shut down. You went to work on Monday and you were at home on Tuesday. Wow. And it was, it was you know, it was huge, huge impact. Um and because we didn't have the proper um, protective equipment to deal with these aerosols, you know. Yeah. And we didn't have, at that time, you know, testing was, you know, brand new, you know, vaccine wasn't out. So it was just really tough time. And just in general, we all as a community of dentists and like dental hygienists and dental assistants, you know, had to find a way to come back together. You know, there's so many practitioners who were afraid or, you know, we're thinking about quitting dentistry altogether. Mm. So, you know, we had to come together to come up with, you know, a plan outside of the GDC with the local dental associations and the national dental associations, um, come up with a plan to make sure when we did go back, we did it safely, and we did that, we were safe as well as the patient. Yeah. So that's how it's changed. You know, we, we used to be able to meet our patients face to face without, you know, our shields and masks and be able to introduce ourselves and, 
now we just, you know, show pictures or stand, you know, on the way other side of the room and take the mask down for a second just to say hi, I'm Dr. Thomas, how are you? Before putting it back up quickly. So it's definitely been an adjustment for sure. Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, deal with our own fears as well as the fears of the, the patients in the community for sure. Yeah, it was so many questions in the air, so many concerns. I remember the initial meeting we had last year. Um, it was, when was the, I think it was like February or March or something. No, yeah, around that time. And people were in this, we were in this room, we were all spaced out. And they were talking about, you know, the dental college hasn't received any word yet that we need to um, either shut down or have people work. I don't even think working remotely was even a concept at that time. But right. no, nobody, everybody was playing things by ear. And of course, parents had concerns. Like if we, um, if my kid gets sent home and I'm at work, what do we do? And then they were talking about all that stuff. And then bam, we get the word that most people will be working from home and then having everybody else come in periodically. So, like you said, it was a big scare, it was a big concern, and it was just so much uncertainty. But, yeah, but it sounds like things are, you know, they're getting back to normal, but even things are changing again, um, in a sense. So, um, but in the midst of all of this, as far as like, your overall wellness. Uh, what do you do to stay upbeat? What do you do, to, basically, to stay sane? <laughs> stay sane, definitely. Yeah. So I, number one, take to my village. You know, my family, my friends, my parents. Um, to stay at risk to keep laughing because you have to make life fun. You have to enjoy every moment, especially during this time. You know, last year I lost several family members as well as one of my best friends. So, you know, just staying motivated, med- meditating, praying, having faith. That, you know, that's number one. You know, that can get you through any storm. But just taking it at a time and enjoying, trying to enjoy life, you know, throughout all that's going on. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear that again about, you know, you're a close friend. Um, I'm pretty certain that that was not easy at all and um, like you said this this is the only life that we get a chance to live so um, why not make the best of it and surround ourselves with people and things that feed uh, good energy and and, 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 um, positivity into our lives that actually provide us with nutrients um, beyond the physical so um it's great that you do have that that environment and that you have that surrounding because this was a opportunity that could make or break anyone a lot of people got depressed um, a lot of people started questioning the purpose their careers yeah definitely yeah I definitely question my career <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh am I going to be able to go back you know all those statistics and I guess I never really thought, you know, that far in the desert about, you know, the aerosols and the, the different, I don't know, it was a lot, it was a lot to take in, but, you know, just again, having that purpose, you know, that, 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 that's what fuels me and keeps me going, and, you know, I know we'll, we'll get to the other side of all this for sure. Yeah. Um, but I got to take it out, uh, transition into this very last question. It used to, it, it was different before. I used to ask people, you know, what is the glory in your story? Um, but rather than asking that, I, I think I would ask another question, which is, what do you want your legacy to be decades from now? And when you say the word legacy, it, you know, makes me think about a book I just finished reading. Um, I read it when I was younger, but I picked it up again. It's called The Alchemist. Um, I'm sure you read it. And, you know, the premise of the book was talking about, you know, developing your own personal legend. And 
the definition of a personal legend is a spiritual calling that, you know, awakens the deep desire and passion to live with a sense of a purpose for something greater than yourself. Yeah. So I started focusing on my, you know, my own personal legend. What is my personal legend? And, you know, that it's more important to me than anything. You know, I feel like you like, have to focus on what makes you happy. And being happy makes you a better person. And when you are that person, you make everyone and everything around you better. And with that being said, I, you know, I want to leave this world knowing that I put smiles on people's faces in my career and just in general. Um, that I encourage at least one person to follow their dreams. Um, that I'm, you know, motivated others to be the best they can be. Um, and my friends, family, and community are proud of me. Um, that my ancestors' wildest dreams. I mean, I can go on and on. <laughs> you know, I just want you to remember me for, you know, living life, doing the best I can, and following my passion and purpose, and providing service to my community. Yeah. What was the uh, name of the book again? The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Oh, I heard about that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I've heard about that from people I've met, movies. That's one of the, well, apparently that's one of the most iconic uh, pieces of literature out there. Yes, that's why you should read it. It's wonderful. I and would, it's a short read. I would definitely do that. Yes, definitely do that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to uh, thank you again for your time. Um, thank you for your, your um, probably direct or indirect encouragement not just to me but to everyone else as far as um, pursuing what makes you happy and uh, even in your case um, making you smile you know making you enjoy life Um, and I really uh, really appreciate you sharing that I appreciate thank you so much for having me Uh, no problem Uh, for those of you who are listening this is the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories with your host, uh, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr., um, and today's guest, uh, Dr. Dr. Uh, Dana Thomas. As always, thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories.